0: Okay, uh, Nacho, go ahead, start. Um, I'm going to make sure that you can share the screen. Where are
1: you? More. Uh,
0: now you should be a co-host.
1: Okay. So before, Nach- uh, before
0: Nacho starts talking, I'm just going to introduce him. Nacho Gallo is the associate coach at Florida International University. He better do a good job because his boss is listening to this, so... Uh, but he has a very good talk uh, that I heard last week uh, in Spanish. And it really, it's really good for us to listen to this. And maybe a lot of you already use these skills. But I think it's not just as a coach, as you can, as a, to, be, to help you be a better coach. But hopefully, you realize that you might be able to help you first to be a better person overall. So, uh, Nacho, go ahead. It's all yours. And thank you, everybody, for being here.
2: Very good, let me see if i can uh first share the screen
1: because this is always a an ordeal um, let me see if I can do this right okay hold on you... slide show all right can we can we see it? Yes, no,
2: nope, no, no, nope. nope. okay, hold on, I do I know there's something wrong? Hold on, my apologies, let me see this let me try this again uh, uh now it's gonna come up, uh now, now it's gonna come up, okay, yes, okay, so let me put this view um,
1: see here view. Light show.
2: All right, now you should be able to see it, right? Yep. All right, perfect. Well, uh, welcome everyone. Uh, first of all, thank you, Sergio, for uh, the introduction and uh, you know, for, for the opportunity to, to make a presentation like this. Uh, I know it's probably some topics that are a little bit different from what we've been uh, talking in this chat over the last week. Uh, but equally important in my opinion. Um I I want to thank Sergio for, for his leadership all these uh, weeks. On uh, I know he's putting a lot of work trying to put all these chats, beautiful chats together. And, and I think it's been amazing the response from people and, and how people want to share more and more information. Uh, these days. I think that's what makes us grow as coaches, and, and I think it's uh, you know, an ideal situation. So thank you Sergio for that. Um, so what I'm going to be talking uh, today is about life coaching and what all the different skills and tools that life coaching entails, and how do I implement those in our team, in our program, uh, to help athletes unlock their true potential, okay? So. First of all, I want to say that I want to run this session the way I want to run it. I want to do this presentation, hopefully around 20, 30 minutes. Uh try to keep it in the short side of things because the idea of this is uh, share. Um, so I, I would love to hear other people's opinions on this or how do they implement some of these skills with the teams already? And I think that's how we can learn uh, from each other. Okay. Um, so first of all, let me, let me say, um, you know my first job right my the thing I do is i'm I'm a college student coach right like I uh, started to introduce me so I don't wanna uh make things up but that's my first job and that's uh what i'm uh you know what I show up uh to the pool and to the to the campus for every day uh, I have very similar goals as most of you here all of you here right i, I wanna I, I wanna i wanna try win i wanna keep winning conference championships i wanna help uh that they uh, our team to the next level, um, I want to keep helping our athletes getting faster, right? So all those goals are still my priority list. Uh, so but what I want to talk to you about today is how life coaching uh, and skills uh, b- brings more uh, to our, for us uh, sports coaches or swim coaches and how we can implement them, okay? Uh, the, basically, the, the, the idea about life coaching is connecting with our athletes in a deeper level, in a more emotional level. Okay, uh, when you do that, you you uh, you do this by encouraging your, your your athletes to invest in personal growth. Okay, so every time we're talking about life coaching, we're talking about personal growth. And what you're gonna see in return is that you, you're gonna see the satisfaction of your athletes uh, unlocking their true potential and, and being able to uh, to achieve their desired goal. Okay, so. Moving forward, okay. Sergio already did a brief introduction about myself, I'm an associate head coach at the University of Oregon International. We run a women's uh, swimming and diving program. Okay, We have roughly around 30 athletes, which 25 are swimmers and five divers, okay, give it a take. Okay? Uh, and then one unique uh, circumstance about our, our program is that we have 65 to 70% of our athletes are international, which brings a very diverse team, um, culturally speaking and it's a pretty cool uh, to see um, we're in division one okay division one program we're in the conference USA and you know we're, we're happy to say proud to say that we've won our uh, uh, sixth uh, conference championship uh, consecutive okay so that's uh, something about us um, now why uh, did I start investing a little more in life coaching is uh, well like I said right like I uh, I always want to be competitive and, and be better as a coach. And you know, I want to say five years back, five years ago, I started to look for different areas of improvement. Right? I think as college coaches, we spend a lot of time in recruiting, a lot of time in, in the training aspect of things. Uh, but I think there's other areas that, that you can get an edge as a coach. So for me, uh, it was life coaching. Okay, so. What I did, I started identifying myself as a coach, okay? What were my strengths? What were my weaknesses, okay? Because once you do that, you start uh, kind of shaping your your philosophy as a coach, right? I want to say that I take a holistic approach when it comes to coaching. Uh, I like to work the body, of course, with the training and, and always looking for new ways of, of doing things in the water. Um, also the mind, right? How to help the athletes strengthen the mindset, be more positive, but better attitudes, all this. And, and then there is the emotional side of things, right, which is the personal growth that, that we're talking, we're going to be talking about today. Okay. Um, now, as I said, I, we coach uh, female athletes. And it is, for every athlete, it's important to work in the emotional side of things. But for me as a, as a male coach, I realized that that was an area that I needed to invest more time uh, to connect better with my athletes. Right, uh, so that's where I started investing more time um, in this in this concept. Okay, so the first concept that uh, you know I started uh, researching more was the concept of emotional intelligence. Okay, so basic definition uh, is the capacity to connect, change, control, and understand one's own emotional states and others. Okay, now this is a basic definition that entails a lot of different concepts but basically uh, it says that if we can learn to control or understand our own emotions we will have the power to control our own destiny and the opportunity to unlock your own true potential right and and i think that's a very powerful uh, way of seeing things right Uh, basically what it's saying is that if you invest time in yourself in your personal growth you're going to see a lot more results okay um, another aspect of emotional intelligence it's uh, evaluating and reflecting on your own value system as well as your limiting beliefs okay i'm sure here um everyone coaching you know you see that you learn that your athletes have a lot of limiting beliefs and 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 that those limiting beliefs are holding them back from achieving goals many times so uh you know, you got to explore or help them explore more into growth limiting beliefs. Okay. And then, you know, the other aspect I, I already named here is personal growth, right? We at SIU, we believe uh, a lot about personal growth and we do invest a lot of time in this, um with our athletes. Uh, we do it individually and we do it many times as a team as well. So, how did I start? Why did I start looking into this concept of emotional intelligence? uh, You know, I started hearing uh, some of these topics that they're very present and very real nowadays in our lives, you know, in our athletes' lives. One of them is mental health. Okay, Uh, mental health uh, has become a major uh, topic, I believe uh with our athletes and, and I think every coach needs to be uh, aware and educated about it
1: right
2: um, and I'm talking about stress anxiety depression uh, eating disorders right and I think it's important to know what those are so you can then uh, uh communicate better with your athletes and know what's happening right now two things I want to say about this uh we at fyu we have a, a good uh, um a, a good uh, professionals that okay, we have professionals that take some of these uh, issues, right? We have professional, um, um psychologists, sports psychologists. We have uh, psychiatrists and other professionals uh, that work in this area. But I think sometimes as a coach, you know, you can, you can help, um, you can help if you understand the different, um, issues that mental health brings, uh, you can help some of the athletes with, with, um, uh, issues like stress or anxiety you, you can help them uh, navigate through those things without necessarily having to go to a, a professional um and then the other hot topic is the fears, right i think uh athletes you're gonna see that uh they, they all have fears uh, we as coaches i'm sure uh have fears in, in some ways as well right uh, fear fear of failure uh, fear of rejection uh, fear of disappointment. I think this is a big one uh, that I've learned uh, through my coaching career is that, you know, we, we sometimes forget how much pressure uh, the athletes uh, live under these days. Uh, and uh, that leads many times into the fear to disappoint you as a coach. And I think that's a very important thing to be aware of, uh, because if you want to see an athlete uh, have success long term, you are going to have to face these fears and, and, and challenge them, okay? So this is the whole you know, concept of emotional intelligence, which led me into uh, life coaching, okay? So, okay, I learned, I researched emotional intelligence. I did my research, and then I said to myself, okay, well, how can I now gain some tools or skills to actually dig a little bit more into this uh, connecting with athletes? Okay, so I came across this, uh, life coaching. Okay. And I'm going to talk to you a little bit about what it is. And then I'm going to go into some of the skills that I use with the athlete, Okay. So first of all, I'm going to tell you what it's not. Okay. So a life coach is not a therapist. A life coach is not a psychologist. Uh, and a life coach is not a consultant. Okay. What it is is a guide that helps a client, a athlete, a swimmer in our case to maximize the true potential by using some powerful tools to achieve desired goals of personal growth, okay? So a couple of important things on this definition is um, that the life coach is about a powerful skills to help athletes uh, grow in a personal way, okay? Personal growth is key in this definition, okay? So let me tell you now a little bit about what are some of the goals for a life coach. So the life coach helps the athlete uh, to unlock mental struggles and move forward in life, okay? So the mental coach doesn't really go into the past. and doesn't really try to dig or understand the w- why you are this way. Uh, what we do or what the life coach does is they see the situation as it, as it is, okay? And then they help the athlete to move forward, okay? So this is where we are. What What are we doing now? How are we gonna move past the situation? What is the next step you're gonna take, right? You're always trying to move them forward. And how you do this, how the life coach does this, is a peculiar way to describe it, is you're trying to move them from catabolic energy or destructive, or more anabolic or constructive energy, okay? So what this means is, uh, in life coaching, they, they say there's like seven levels of energy. Okay, um, I'm not going to get too deep into it, but basically what it says is the lower the energy level, the more destructive it is. Okay, and the higher the energy level, the more constructive it is. Okay, when you are acting or you are um, living in a low energy level, you're you're becoming unconscious and unaware of the situation. You're becoming addicting in many times. Uh, you are uh, using emotions of anger. Uh, emotions of defiance, you're, you have a strong ego, okay? And then when you're moving into higher levels of energy, you are becoming more aware, you're becoming more conscious, you are experiencing more inner peace, you are experiencing not judgment, okay? And you take responsibility. Okay. And I want to emphasize the word responsibility because that's really what it is. Okay, uh, What the life coach is doing is consistently challenging the client, the athlete for us, uh, to take responsibility of the situation, of the actions, or, the, or their emotions. right? Because when you learn to take responsibility, it gives you the power to choose, to choose how you want to react, to choose what you want to do. right? And I think that's a very important concept. Um, one more thing about the goals for a life coach. Um, it's actually a coaching principle that they lead by. And it says, all the answer to our questions lie within. Okay. And this is very important because as a life coach, you're not trying to give your opinion to your uh, athlete. You're not trying to tell them what they have to do. You don't, you're not trying to give them uh, the answers. You allow you, you're challenging them so they can find their own answers and their own truths within okay that's a very important concept because when you do that you're empowering the athlete okay to to con- take control of their life okay and understanding their more, their, their emotions as well okay so what i'm going to do next um i'm going to talk about some uh, coaching skills i'm going to talk to you about three specific coaching skills that i use very often with my athletes um there's hundreds of them hundreds of skills uh, but obviously, we're not going to go through all of them. I'm just going to tell you three that I consider very important. And, and I'm sure some of you might already practice this in different ways. Uh, but I want to give you a little bit the, the, the ins and outs behind the, the reasons why I use okay? um So skill number one is acknowledge and validate. Okay, I use this skill uh, when there is a scenario where, where, as a coach, I find an opportunity to help the athlete grow in a personal level. Okay, so typically I use this uh, this skill when I'm not in the pool deck, right? When we're not coaching uh, swimming, uh, it's usually either outside the pool, sometimes in my office, or sometimes during just a, a, a regular conversation with an athlete. Uh, the moment they start talking about something about their, their their maybe a race, and they start going into uh, limiting the list that they have, that to me is a sign that. Uh, you know, they, they need, there is something they have to work there in a personal uh, level. Uh, they got to grow personally. Uh, so that to me is it's, it's a sign where I can use this skill. So what is acknowledge and validate? So acknowledge is what you're saying, what you acknowledge, you're saying, I'm listening to what you say. I want to talk about the word listening here. Okay. Listening doesn't mean I hear what you say. Let me give you the response, but it says, I'm truly uh here for you I'm, I'm empathic i'm being empathetic i'm trying to put myself in your shoes and understand what you're saying without giving any judgment
3: okay that's very
2: important and then the, the validate uh part of it is, is validating that they feeling that they're, what, however they're feeling at the moment it's perfectly okay okay that you see their perspective uh, and again there is no judgment Okay, when you're acknowledging and validating, you gotta remove the, the, the judgment, okay? So here I wrote a, an example, okay? It's a basic example conversation between a swimmer and coach. Swimmer says, I try to better my times every day, but it seems like no matter what I do, I cannot drop my time. I'm starting to feel a failure, okay? So you notice that the swimmer is kind of like taking uh, the conversation to a very low or catabolic energy level right they're showing a little bit of victim uh here right i'm, I'm feeling a failure right uh, they're um they're they're trying to blame others or the circumstances for their their them not getting uh dropping times right so as a coach uh, how you acknowledge something like this you say what i hear you say uh, is that you are putting all your effort, but you can you have not uh, dropped your uh, you have not achieved your goals yet, right? So you remove a little bit of that negative weight that initially the swimmer had, right? And you try to move again to more anabolic energy, and then you follow with the. It is very understandable that you feel that way. Okay, that's the validation, and I notice that I use third person, okay, um, because you are trying to remove yourself from the situation. Okay, as I said, your opinion doesn't matter. Okay, and and when you use the third person, well, first you're not saying whether you agree or not. It doesn't matter. Um, You're just seeing their perspective. And also another thing why you use third person is that um, we all feel differently uh, about the same situation, right? Uh, Somebody can say, "Well, this makes me feel like this," and just because you've been in the same Situation doesn't mean you felt feel the same way So it's important to remind yourself of that that we all feel differently even for the same situation. Okay um, So let's go to the next uh, the next skill Okay, and this is uh, Empowering questions. Okay using empowering questions. This is the most useful skill that I can uh, You know share here today. All right. Um, as I said, as a coach, the main goal is to move the client or the athlete from a anabolic energy or destructive energy, sorry, catabolic energy or destructive energy to a more anabolic or constructive energy. And you do that, uh, asking questions. Okay. You don't do it by telling them your truth. You don't do it by giving their opinion. You don't doing, you're not doing it by telling them how to get there, but by, how, uh, questioning them and uh, helping them reflect on different things, okay? So the empowering questions, what they are, they're open-ended questions, okay? They're questions starting with what, when, how, and where, and I'm sure you can think of others, okay? Um, you avoid closed ended questions, okay? When you are uh, trying to work on personal growth, or you're trying to use some of these life coaching skills, you wanna avoid all closed ended questions. OK, questions that the answer is going to be a yes and no, because you're really not digging into the issue. OK, uh, so there's an example here. Are you trying your best? Sure, yes, no, OK. You're not really getting into the, the situation, OK? Um, and then you also a, a, you want to avoid the why questions, OK? Why is that? Because the why questions always entail uh, judgment, OK? The moment you start asking, well, why did you do this? Um, why you you're, you're usually have a, a little bit of uh, judgment in this. Now, I'm not saying you can never use a why. There are circumstances where you can, but you try to avoid it, okay? You try to focus on the what, when, how, where, okay? So here's some examples, okay? When, uh, when, you, came up with a, when you come up with a solution, what positive changes would show up in your life, all right? What holds you back from achieving your goal, okay? Helping them reflect on that. What changes would you need to happen? What is your intuition telling you? This is a question I love, okay? Why? Because you're moving them from a thinking, okay, to a feeling, all right? What is your intuition telling you? How many times as coaches, we're always trying to get them to think, which is very important in many ways, but how many times we get them to actually follow their guns, the gut instinct, right? And that's something that you develop by practicing it. And I think as coaches, you can do a lot of um, help. You can help them a lot by, by using questions like this. Um, now, I want to say something about these questions. Sometimes you're going to ask them questions, and, and they're so deep that you don't get an answer from the answer. It's happened to me many times, right? And, and it's okay because the, the idea is not to get an answer right away or, or find a solution uh, right away. The idea is planting seeds, okay? As a life coach, you plant seeds, and you let them reflect. And it's gonna if you do it daily in a daily basis, if you practice some of these empowering questions in a daily basis, you're gonna see that they're gonna come up with some um, amazing answers. Maybe in a week, sometimes in a month. Okay, who knows? Okay, but you can only help them uh, by by planting the seed. Okay. Um, oh, and I, I do want to make a parenthesis here. Okay, because. Um, maybe, I know there's a lot of different coaches here that you know some might be college and many others might be uh age group right that work with uh boys and girls of 12 and and unders or and they might be thinking well if i do any of these questions i get no answers and i feel i don't go anywhere well yes in my situation as i said i work with female athletes uh, ages 18 to 22 and um I, I, sometimes I get better answers and I, I, I really uh, connect with them and it's very good. But I, I do want to say, okay, in my opinion, is you want to work, you want to use the skills the earlier, the better. Um, and as I said, it's not about getting an answer right away. It's about planting the seeds. And I think if you can plant seeds uh, of helping the athlete, again, move from uh, a lower energy level to a higher energy level with time, those are, you, you will see a, a very interesting growth. Um, it's like meditation. I know some of you use the skill of meditation with, with younger athletes, and, and, and you might see, well, for some, it's a waste of time. They're playing around. They don't, they don't understand this whole process of, of letting the thoughts go, and, 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 but, but you start with that, and then they get better as it goes, okay? Um, and then I have the a final, final skill that I want to share with you is the goal setting. Okay, um, I'm sure you've heard about this, you know, this skill. I'm sure most of you or many of you use it with your athletes. To me, this is a, a very important skill just, just to start a session with an athlete, okay? What are your goals? I'm sure you've asked your athletes that many times and they give you different responses. But I think the key into goal setting here is about having them commit to the goal, having them make the goal a reality. Uh, not just, well, I want to become a national champion and, you know, I'm just going to show up every day and I hope I get this. Okay. What does that mean? Okay. What are you going to do to get there? Right. So I use, I use this, uh, aim smart, uh, process to actually help athletes break down their goal and make it more real, make it more specific. Right. It involves a lot of writing. I got to be honest to you. And it could be uh, for some athletes, maybe a, a kind of monotonous process. But it's very interesting the results you get when you write these things down, okay? Um, what I tell my athletes is those that want to work on this, uh, you know, I tell them when you write, you commit much more, okay? So here's the, the aim part of the AIM SMART goal. The aim, you're trying to find what realistically you're looking for here. What realistically do you want, right? So you're trying to find that, middle point okay so the a starts for acceptable okay what is the minimum that you can do okay the i starts for ideal what is the maximum that you can do and the m starts stands for medium okay so what is the middle point here what is the realistic right so you help them get a better idea of okay so it's not anymore a vague goal okay i have an idea what do i want to target All Right, and then the smart the smart part of it is breaking the goal down into different steps, okay? Again, writing everything down, and then asking some questions to really give each step a meaning, uh, uh, so you can follow through uh, the year, the season, or whatever time it takes, right? So the S stands for specific, okay? So how specific is this goal? Okay, how many steps, and what is the first step? The M stands for measurable. Okay. How are you going to measure the success of each of your steps? Okay. Sometimes they don't even think about that. Well, I don't know. Well, well how are you going to measure that so you, you're following through? Uh, the A, uh, the A starts for accountability. Okay. Who's going to hold you accountable for this step? Okay. And that's where you can come in as a coach sometimes, you know, if they're already sharing these goals with you. Well, do you, you ask for permission. Do you allow me to hold you accountable for this? You said you're gonna, um, do extra five minutes, uh, working on your terms after, uh, three, three practices a week. Um, do you want me to hold you accountable for it? You know, when they write it down and then they give you that permission, now they're committed to it, all right? Um, reasonable, ours are so reasonable. How reasonable is this set? Okay, I, I've asked them sometimes that they say, well, I wanna do, uh, you know, I wanna, <laughs> break a record, whatever, and they say, well, I know one thing I have to work for is sleep, and I want to try to get nine hours sleep. And they're averaging six hours of sleep a week. Well, that might be a little bit far, right? If you're not going to go from six to nine all of a sudden, right? Well, how would you try six hours and 45 minutes or six six and a half and see if you can get better, Okay, be reasonable about your steps, okay? And finally, the time, okay? So what are you going to give? What time are you going to give to this? this goal
1: okay you're gonna
2: take the entire life to make it you're gonna give yourself a year four years okay be realistic about a timeline okay so again very important skill and this is usually the to-go conversation uh, at least for me when I sit down with with some of our athletes uh, on this session okay um, okay so the last couple slides that I have here is okay so this is great. This is amazing. Uh, the skills very useful. Okay, makes sense. Common sense. But how do you implement all this to your job as a college swim coach? Okay, so I have an analogy here that sometimes I use with my athletes because you gotta communicate with them, right? How how you wanna be seen and what are your roles? Okay, so in my case, I tell them, well, I have it's like I have two hats, right? I have my my um, my swim coach hat, okay, that I wear at the pool right, here down in in Miami, Florida. It's finally out there, so we got to take care of ourselves. Uh, So this is my my swim coach um, hat. And when I'm wearing this hat, there is no time for negotiation, right? I'm enforcing the rules. I'm enforcing, uh, you know, the sets. There is no time for complaining. There is no time for for them, you know, trying to, to question things, right? It's time for business. And we got to understand that, right? I can be a life coach outside the pool, but in the pool, you know, I'm here to to help you get better. And, and it is what it is. Okay. You are in control. Uh, but then uh, when I'm outside the pool, okay, I have my life coach hat, right? Um, and with this hat, uh, what I'm telling my athletes is, okay, um, I can listen. I'm, I'm here to listen uh, without judgment. Okay. What's going on? All right. What is holding you back from from uh you know being positive at practice? Okay. What's holding you back from not doing the turns that you said you were gonna do right? All right? You start doing all these empowering questions, you start having them reflect on 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 each day or reflect on their goals, right? And that's how I start my sessions with my athletes. Um when I say about sessions again, this is all uh, voluntary i don't I don't ma- uh, have my, athletes, uh, my I don't mandate my athletes to uh, have meetings with me. I encourage them, but it has to come from them right if they say, well I don't want to talk today or that's perfectly okay um, when I started doing some of these sessions about four or five years ago uh, after I, I did my certification on life coaching, um, I, I started practicing the skills with a couple athletes um, really those that I have a better uh, connection and, and and trust and and that's where i started using the skills and and i built from there now this year uh, i've been able to use the skills with more athletes right uh, and it's all on a personal basis some people need it more than others um in, in more like a, a, a sessions and others it's just casual conversations after after practice right i just sit down with them for 15 20 minutes and and uh, i i i really push them to evaluate what they're doing to reflect uh, um, how they're moving forward. Okay, I'm always that's trying to push them forward. Okay, moving them forward. All right. Um. So my life coaching sessions. Uh, my main rule is my opinion doesn't matter. Okay. Once I'm outside the pool and I'm having these conversations, I try to really avoid. And and it's hard. It's a hard thing because as a as a coach, swim coach, you always want to tell them what to do and you want to tell them, oh well, you're doing this wrong. Well, this is a wrong mentality. Well, there's no wrong way of approaching it. But uh, as a life coach, you gotta step back and just you know just listen and, and challenge them. Okay. Allow them empower them uh, to get to the to the right solution or, or to the better solution, their, their truth on their own. Okay, this is no right or wrong. This is them finding their truth. Okay. And then also say here that each each person has their own time to process okay uh you cannot treat everyone the same way uh some happy some people uh you know may may take more time than others to get to some certain conclusion that's perfectly fine again there is no right or wrong in this process uh, but only keep moving them forward okay whatever scale it is just keep moving them forward all right um, and i believe this is my last slide um empowering women so what i wanted to uh, bring up with this is and uh, i you know there, there was a point in my life uh was a point in my life in my career as a coach that i uh thought well wh- why do i do what i do every day okay I, i'm a very passionate coach uh, i love what i do uh, but, but you know like we all hear some some point we probably think uh, or, or challenge ourselves. Okay, why, why, why doing this, right? Is it just to win a conference championship? Is it to, to win a relay? Is it to, to get our athletes to swim faster? Is that enough? And maybe the answer is yes. But for me, I had to find other um, motives for me to say, well, this is what I choose to do every day and, and I'm making an impact. Okay. Um, so empowering women, as I said, I, I we coached female athletes. So to me, uh, it was very clear that I could make a true impact in their core college career and their lives. Okay. Um, a lot of our athletes, uh, female athletes, they, they just come into our team and they have no clarity whatsoever on what they want in life and not just like swimming, life. Right? It's just in general, right? They're, they're so lost. And um, my goal is not to tell them what to do, not to tell them what should be their goal, but Challenge them to seek clarity, okay? And this is a lot of what uh, the life coaching skills help you with, okay? Uh, to make their own decisions, okay? Make their own decisions. When you have clarity in your goals, you make your own decisions, and you know what you want to do, okay? Uh, and I think that's a very cool thing to see. Um, some of our seniors or, or some of our athletes have been growing through the process that, you know, they, they're very uh, self-confident women that they know what they want, and, and that's amazing, and, and it's very, very cool. And the last thing I want to share with you or say is that the most important thing of all, okay, is that you start with yourself. Right? Sometimes uh, we think, well, okay, so how do I implement all these tools? Okay, well, when I did my my certification here five years ago, um, my surprise was that uh, the teachers, you know, I had in the certification, they said, well. Uh, if you want to get a certification, now you got to put so many hours in one-on-one coaching sessions and work on your own issues, work on your own situation, work on your own personal growth. And it's an amazing process uh, because we all have limiting beliefs. the list. I did. Uh, I had to challenge my values, right? Um, we, or in my case, I had values that I, I didn't really know why, you know, uh, they were they were just there, They implemented or ingrained in me. Um, and I think it's important to to, to challenge them and, and, and be able to decide for your own, is this what I want, is this not, right? Uh, I wanna finish with this last quote I have here uh, by Jim Ron Jim Ron is a motivational speaker. He was a mentor for uh, Tony Robbins. I'm sure some of you may have heard of him. He's a life coach as well. And he says, work hard on your job and you will make a living work hard on yourself meaning personal growth and you will make a fortune okay so basically everything i've been saying is uh, yes sometimes we as a coach we're we putting a lot of time in working on developing new skills or developing a better season training or how can we do different things in the weight room And and this is fantastic. I I love learning more things to do, more ways to do things, but we forget about our own personal growth. And what this uh, gentleman is saying is uh, you put more time and working on yourself and you will find a life of abundance where you can give a lot more to the people you work with. And you're going to find a lot, uh, a, a much better, a bigger satisfaction in your life. So. I believe with this, I finished my, my presentation. I hope it'll help or it was some interesting, but again, I think the most important, like Terry has been saying, is uh, to share. I want to hear some ideas or questions, or uh, just open up how other coaches do it, you know, with your, in your programs, with your athletes, and um, yeah, I'm all ears at this point. Thank
0: you. Uh, thank you very much, um, Ignacio. I yep. think uh, money. Uh, it's somewhere over there, uh, Manny Naguchi, he had some question for you.
1: Yeah. Manny, are you there? Well.
2: Uh, he is, but he's mute. Yeah. I don't know if you realize that.
0: I am mute him now. Are you there, Manny? Well, if you can see in the chat, he said, would you be more specific on what you and your staff do with each athlete in terms of personal growth?
2: Yeah, so um, as, as I said, we do uh, two things, right? We work with our team uh, first as a, as a team. We do uh, uh, once a week, we, we have uh, weekly meetings with the team and then we implement some of these skills or some of these topics, right? Uh, on personal growth and different personality uh, traits, we use the DISC assessment uh, to find their personalities. And this, again, it's all about uh, pushing them and challenging them to reflect, okay? Um, And then in in individual basis is what I do is uh, I meet with my uh, some of my athletes um, also on a weekly basis, sometimes once every two weeks. And I usually do like 20 minute sessions and, uh, you know, I, I implement some of these skills. Right. How do I start? It all depends on what they want to talk about. And I always try to challenge them with the questions, but sometimes they just want to talk about uh, their feelings about a certain situation. And then you challenge those feelings to make them more aware. And and, and, and other times uh, I sit down with them. And then as I said, I, I use the, the tool of goal setting and I move them forward with that. Sometimes I use a, a tool about value assessment. You know, I I, I allow them to, to reflect on their values. Um, so it all depends on an individual basis. Uh, again, there is no right or wrong to do it. Uh, I think it's just, as I said, it's about uh, impl- implanting seeds. Uh, some people are going to be more uh, advanced or, um, you know, absorbing some of these ideas. And some others, they're not there yet in their process. Uh, so I think that the interesting thing as a coach is how can I move them from level two to level two and a half or level three? As long as you're moving them forward, okay, I think that's, that's uh, very important. And, and you never know when they're going to have a breakthrough, okay? And that's when it's really, really exciting. And when an athlete has a breakthrough in terms of personal growth, uh, you know, at that point, you know that you've you've made an impact.
4: John, you have a question? Uh, yeah, I do have a question. Or not a question necessarily, but I think um... – and maybe I missed and zoned out during this part, but in asking the athletes those open-ended questions I've, I've learned um, through experience that it's important to give them time to answer. Um, I know when I've been on the other side of it, working with uh Sergio's brother, Mark, and he would ask me an open-ended question and he would sit there for 10 minutes straight, you know, as I was like, you know, cause sometimes they're afraid to admit the answer or say the answer. So, I think it is important to not encourage them but let them come up with the answer and give them that time to process and think.
2: absolutely no thank you john that's uh that's uh correct uh, you you just sometimes you sit there and, and you just allow them to process it. it it takes time right and sometimes we want to jump into another question right away i think silence and just stepping away is okay and, uh, and maybe you just going into a different direction because sometimes you're going to hear the, the answers, uh, you know, later on. And, and that's, uh, that's part of the, the you know, this, this challenging
0: process. So, thank you. I, I, I'm going to say something. I think, um, uh, that, that's a very important thing to do, like to listen to the kids and to listen to the parents, you know, because also when we have a parent that comes up to us, all upset and all these, we become very defensive, you know? And if you learn how to ask those those sort of questions, uh, you're able to to put the pressure on them, you know, in a way, you know? And I remember, you know, uh, when I was a kid, long, long time ago, uh, I was a menace to society and I did many bad things in the streets, in the school. And I got beat up by the teachers. I got always punished. But I remember my mom was always very like a life coach, like, like a life coach. She never yelled at me. She, the poor woman was working two three jobs uh, uh, every day to support the family. We, you know, we grew up right after during the dictatorship and right after, and my father left home. So this is one thing that always stuck with me is that how she was able to, by asking me these sorts of, sorts of questions, why did you do this? Why da-da-da-da? I never did that in, ever again. But instead, if, if somebody in the school, the teacher, if I did something bad, many times I got beat up. You cannot do that today, but I got smacked in the face or, you know, and or with a ruler they hit you a couple of times. Uh, I did it again and probably did it worse because, you know, you. Ch- I was challenged to be worse, you know, so I really believe that. That type of, I haven't done any certification or anything, and I'm very fascinated by the way that you can talk and give good ownership to a kid and really let that kid take that ownership, and, you know, and guide them. And before they make a mistake, maybe you can find a way of helping them out, you know. But, uh, but that, that's awesome. I really, I really thank you, Nacho, for helping us out. Yeah. Uh, we, You know, talking about when I was working with John uh, Bowles, we brought my brother to help us out with, uh, with all this because he was coaching executives in big companies and uh, he was lo- really studying about emotional intelligence and all that. And probably around 12 years ago when we started, 11 years ago, we had these questions, this way of talking to the kids was called uh, feed forward. You know, you feed the kid a question so they can keep moving forward. And it was very interesting how you you had to sit there and ask a question and help them find a solution internally. And sometimes it would take six months. (laughs) But uh, but yeah, that's all I have. Anybody has any questions for Nacho or any experiences that you guys want to share?
1: Where's your boss? Andy, are you there? Yeah, I'm here.
0: So, yeah, awesome. Uh,
5: Yeah, very well done, Nacho.
0: Uh,
5: Uh, (laughs)
1: Everything
5: he said is definitely right on as far as what we do in our team and our program and how we implement those things. So it's a big part of what we do. Um, Nacho is obviously a big part of uh, implementing that as well.
0: And do you see a lot of – have you seen a lot of improvements as you've been uh, – Interacting in that way? Yeah, absolutely. Um,
5: it's actually become more of a it's it's work intensive. It's definitely uh, takes a lot more time, a lot more investment. Um, you know, it used to back when Nashua and I had been together for ten years actually as a staff and when we first started I remember there was always so much extra time in the day. We'd go work out, we'd do this, we'd do that. You know, um, I feel like there's no nowadays is uh you know we do a lot of time sitting down with the athletes, meeting with the athletes, working on development, doing our weekly meetings as well. So it's definitely a time intensive, but I feel like, um, you know, especially with our program, it's just created a lot more cerebral group. That's more in touch with themselves. And also as a group, as a team to, uh, in my opinion, you know, turn into performance, you know, because at the end of the day, I feel like once they're connected in that way and feel like they're better personally, it opens up the performance level tremendously.
0: Awesome.
5: Sergio, can I ask
3: Nacho something? Yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Nacho, how are you doing? Great hey. job, man. Again with the, I've seen it in, in English, in Spanish, and in English. I've seen it three times. <laughs> uh-huh. Thank you. Good job, man. Um I had a question. did you ever just asking, did you ever had an like an aha moment with this, like where you where you started doing it and and suddenly like you were like, Oh wow, this really does work. And I can see like the mind flipping the switch flipping in the in the swimmers uh, mind can you talk a little bit about that if, any experiences like that
2: yeah for sure um i like how you call it an aha moment that's actually how it's uh it's called in this you know the life coaching world um the breakthroughs right um and and yeah i can name a few uh of our athletes right um one very cool thing um that we see when with our athletes uh, once we start implementing uh, started like about four or five years ago implementing all these
0: personal growth
2: concepts is that uh the moment they start the moment they start having conversations with the with each other um about some of these subjects and topics and uh, that's amazing because that's when you know they they understand that uh there is a lot that in that they can do that they take they're taking responsibility uh but they are just humans and understand that you know that they're struggling to get what they want to be but that it's in their power uh so they start talking about it and sometimes we see it as coach and it's, it's pretty amazing right i i look back to when i was an athlete uh you know there was no such thing you know we were in our world doing um you know all kinds of crazy things but um it's pretty amazing to see, uh, uh, you know, at this age uh, when they're starting to dig deeper and, and uh-huh. this, uh, uh-huh. in this in uh, this concept. And um, yeah, like you said, the aha moments, right? When an athlete, you ask an empower a question, right? At the moment, sometimes they, you know, where where is that coming from? And then all of a sudden, you know, they they come up with an amazing answer, or, or after a, a day or two or, or, or whatever, and you know you just realize, you know, they're, they're moving forward and they made a, an important step in their life. And, and like Coach Horner said, that all you can see all translated into their performances, right? They're, they're taking ownership and, uh, you know, it's, it's very cool, it's a very cool
3: process. Awesome, thank you, man. Hey, thank you.
5: Yeah, I'll, I'll add in on that too. I think one of the biggest aha moments I had that really valuable and really was working um, in our weekly meetings we do a lot of just opening up and and talking to each other and seeing those teammates. And, you know, at first it was like, hey, it was like things that people would say. And then you know, after a year, after even two years, it started to become so organic to the point where um you know the conversations we're just really deep and amazing without even being provoked by us as a coaching staff. And then, you know, we'd see that continue on to like at the conference championship and we do a lot of things pre meet to kind of get things going. And, and those types of, uh, you know, if we forgot to have the girls share uh, acknowledgements, like after a meet, sometimes they call us out as a staff because they're like, hey, hey, I had this already. I've already been thinking about who I want to talk about and share about on the team or say who did something really special this week. And, uh, again, it's just things like that made us realize that, wow, you know, once you start tapping into their life, uh, the swimming part, you know, it seems to come a little bit easier.
3: Can I follow up on a question on that, Coach Randy? Yep. So when, when you kind of see them assimilating the idea of, you know, growth and, and, and becoming, you know, more aware of what they're doing, where, is that, is that a, like a first step that you always see, like, across most of the swimmers that starts somewhere, like starts in their academics? Starts in the in the way they come into the practice and, and like approach practice main sets or the way they approach a the certain meet the way they approach taper is there a certain moment that you feel like okay if somebody's getting the idea that we're trying to trying to sell trying to you know give to them here's where normally I can start seeing the change in them. I think the first place we see it is in our team sessions and meetings, just
5: because it's a safe environment where they start to open up and share. You can tell the freshmen, you know, when they kind of watch and see what the upperclassmen are doing and they kind of see what's going on. Um, I mean, then you start to see it. Yeah, in the practices. You'll start to see it because then it's a little bit more of a supportive environment and training because let's face it, when they all come to college, they're used to competing with everybody, but not really supporting each other. That's one of the biggest struggles. We have in a you know an individual sport that is working together as a team um and you know then it you know kind of comes full circle but the, it really starts with you start to see it just practicing communication in the meetings and then you know taking it one step further with the individual meetings like ignacio does with the groups as well
3: thank you great
0: um uh, i think uh before i think John had a question but Uh, I would would think that uh, for you, Randy, and for you, Nacho, like you said, it starts with yourself. So probably the hardest part is realizing all those limitations that you have and all fears that you have and, you know, making sure that you don't translate those to your athletes, you know, that you don't become defensive, that you don't put your own experiences because one of the great things that we do all the time is – we always give ourselves as an example. Oh, don't worry, I suffered like that, or I had a horrible season, and you're taking ownership of that from them. Don't you think that the hardest part is, starts with you?
2: Um, I'll answer that, yeah, absolutely. I, you know, as I said, I, I think to me the biggest, you know, aha moment, if you wanna call it, uh, it was when I realized that, um, you know just applying skills or, or or you know i sometimes for me in my case i have this desire to help my athletes right those especially that were struggled so much uh mentally and and i realized that after doing this the certification that i needed first uh to apply it to myself um and that was to me uh, a very very unique moment because uh, i realized that you know I have the fears and I have, uh, you know, the, the struggles and I have the limiting beliefs. Uh, and, and once you start, I started digging into that myself, I realized, okay, um, it, it all makes sense. And it, it took me all this time to start, you know, at my, you know, where I am now in my process to start uh, digging into this. And I thought, well, I can only, uh, understand that everybody has a process and and it might take sooner or later or it'll take more time than others but again we as coaches uh who provide amazing service right it's more than just um uh, helping somebody swing faster we provide a much bigger picture we have a lot more value to it um, if we have the power to implant or plant these seeds um and and, and it will impact in their in their future lives, I think uh, you know that that's something to to think about. So at least, you know, that's something that I I, I really consider every day when I go to uh, to to, um, to my job.
4: Awesome. I think um, you know what in, in thinking about this process, one of the things that I've always thought about is it's it's part of the process of helping the athletes become accountable for their swimming. And one of the things I started doing, at least with the younger kids, 13, 14, 15, 16, to get them to start thinking about themselves and how they want to approach things is at a swim meet, instead of just telling them how to swim an event, I'd ask them how they're going to swim. And then after the event, I'd ask them what they thought of it. So I I felt like that process helped me and it helped them start this process of, these open-ended questions and getting them to think about uh, think about themselves, how they can be better, because we can tell them until we're blue in the face, but until they go, yeah, I guess I need to do that, you know. And um, a, a second thing was some of the hardest athletes in, deal- in working with this process are the ones that want to be told what to do 24-7. And it's like, no, you need to figure it out. And they stand there and stare at you, and you stare back, and it's like, uh, I, we've worked on this. Or, you know, you've know, you got to figure it out at some point. So uh, it's it's interesting, and it's a, long, it's a long process. It's frustrating at times, but in, in the end, when you see that aha moment, it's like, wow. It, it's pretty amazing.
0: Thanks, John. Anybody else has any questions for Randy or for Nacho? What they do in their
6: program. Sergio, I, I I got a question real quick here. Yeah, Ozzy. How are you? Living the dream. I second that, my brother. I second that. Hey guys, uh thank you everyone. Um uh, and Randy. Amazing presentation for sure. Uh listening to the questions, and I do apologize for jumping in a little late. Um, exploring this this uh you know this topic a little bit deeper, and I know some of us have to deal here with uh, with different type of student athletes, you know, and some of them are coming from the country, are domestic athletes, you know, they have different levels of uh, obviously education, and some of the parents are, you know, divorced, and some of the parents have a very stable family and all that. And then some of us also have to deal with international student athletes. You know, I, I think the question is pretty much coming open for everybody that wants to jump in, but more so for Natch and for Randy, how do you guys, you know, implement, uh, your system, implement a way to empowering these athletes and all that, when it comes down to, you know, dealing with domestics and international student athletes. You want to take that
5: not or you want me? Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. I mean, I'll, I'll give you a little bit. Um, good question. And, you know, we do have a, a very high percentage of international athletes on our team. Um, We really, I mean, from day one, we really just teach, you know, our ideals about what we are as a team, what we believe in. And uh, yes, it takes some of the ones that have never really been in a team environment that are international a bit longer to sometimes acclimate to it. Um, But again, it's just about, uh, you know, teaching it and then also showing them the value of it, you know, which the relationships, the communication, how how that they can be a better swimmer. Uh, when somebody else is supporting them, but um, you know, we really don't treat the internationals any different than the U.S. Uh, U.S. kids. We really treat them, you know, one and the same, and see it as kind of a strength because with the diversity of the team, um, you know, that all comes together to create the you know the one culture, which is you know evolves every year as far as a you know an international flavored uh, college team. But you know, Nacho, you might want to add a
2: little bit more onto that. Yeah. So, what? Uh, thank you, Asi, for for the question. Um, so again, as I said, like the, the, the we do the combination of uh, team uh, meetings uh, on personal growth, and then we we gotta combine that with individual individual meetings, um, and that's big part with the internationals, right? Because as you said, uh, some internationals come in and they're thrown into a new culture, and then the whole team aspect and following the rules, and and yes, it, it could be a lot. Uh, to me, the process of the one-on-one sessions uh, with the live coaching sessions with these athletes, it helps to build that trust uh, to the point that I can tell them the truth uh, without them freaking out, right? Um, And and that has helped me a lot because, you know, in the past – I've got very frustrated sometimes with these things, right? Like, okay, here, you know, maybe the internationals that don't know how to understand this, and we tell them the team rules, and they want to break them. And and to me, that instead of getting all frustrated and then you want to give up on them, uh, to me, this individual one-on-one sessions, uh, where I'm challenging them, when I'm listening to them, when I'm trying to stay away from giving them uh, my opinion uh, and not judging has helped me as i said like build that trust and, and then i can look at them in the eye and, and tell them the truth and and i've had a, a pretty good uh, response right with some difficult uh athletes where they came into the program and, and they were very uh resilient or they were uh you know always uh, you know were butting heads many times and I, I got to the point that at least i get them to understand why it's not okay to do certain things right and and understand that uh, maybe they don't agree with it but they understand that it, it is a process and they have to dig a little deeper on on this uh, beliefs and, and, and values that, that i've been talking about so um
3: i don't know if that answers
2: completely your, your question but but one, yes it's a process
5: one other thing i'll kind of add there too is It really does start in the recruiting process too. You know, as we get to know these athletes and these recruits, when we recruit them, you know, we do a lot of this language and talking about getting to know them as people, um, talking about them developmentally as well, not just selling FIU. Um, So I think that by the time they get to campus, we've already started that dialogue already there. You know that what we're about and that we want to develop them as people as well. And I think the other key too is, you know it's consistent between Ignacio and myself you know it's from the head down um you know we're all on the same page and it's not like one coach is saying hey i'm all about the athlete and the person and the other one you know the head coach is saying well all i give a shit about is that they swim fast you know just get it done so i think you know those two things go a lot into uh you know selling that and also having to be a big part of the team i will jump into that
0: uh in- I don't know if it applies to life coaching or not, but it's just part of life, you know, and more being a foreigner they came to America without speaking the language, you know. I had French for seven years, and I came to America without speaking the language. So uh, I think I struggled for one year because even though I didn't like my country, uh, I miss my country. I miss the way we ate. I miss the way we talk. I miss it, and I criticize everything every day, and that's what happens with the foreign kids. They have an idea of the United States. They get here. It's so different. So I think what we try to teach them is that nothing, nothing is better or worse. It's just different. And, and once you accept that, you can, you can be yourself and you can have your, your own way of eating and your own way of doing things, but you, you just need to accept that things are different. And most of the foreign kids fight that they're missing home. They're missing things that they didn't like before. But now they, they don't want to. They, they, they don't understand that this is going to help them because it doesn't mean that they have to change their lives. But it's it's a different thing that's going to help them. You know, I don't know if that makes sense. But for me, once I understood that things were not better or worse in Spain or in, in the United States, they were different. My life changed. Yeah. And and that's also with the way you talk to the kids. You know, and we have I I recruit all foreign kids, but a kid from California, he comes to West Virginia. That's a foreign different country, you know. We're talking a kid from California coming to West Virginia. It's like a kid from uh, uh, Korea uh, going to Spain, you know. And, and and what do you do? You have to embrace them, talk to them at the right moment, and, you know, help them understand. And I, I guess now with the life coaching skills, help them understand, you know, and answer their own questions, you know, not forcing them to do things. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For, for example, for us, like I had uh, with the coaching staff that I have now, a couple of the kids that I've recruited, foreigners, I told them, like, hey, look, this guy, the way he talks, because he comes from this country that they speak in a certain way, he's going to have problems with everybody on the team. But he has a very good heart because the American people won't understand either the way this kid talks. You know? So we had to really figure it out how to help this kid and how to help the team to understand the differences and that at the end of the day, yes, he can be a prick sometimes, but he's a very good kid. I sense he has a good heart and he means well for the team. I don't know if that makes sense, but I
7: have a question really quick. Um, did you guys
6: start this individually? Um, like where you started with sessions individually with each with athletes that were willing to Participate in this, or was this more of a team meeting, um, accountability type meeting first, and then it branched out individually?
2: Yeah, thanks. Thanks for the question. Um, the well, the, the team meetings we we you know they're mandatory part of our program, right? We we have the whole team assist, and we do it in times that everybody has. There's no conflicts of classes, and, and so that's mandatory. Of course you're gonna have some people that are a little more invested than others but uh but that's part of it right uh with individual meetings is where where we don't uh unless we really see that we like to encourage uh, athletes uh, to come and, and you know have a some conversations we encourage our athletes to 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 really dig into their goals again i think having goals is uh, for athletes, uh, period, it, 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 it's very, very important. So I'm always encouraging, but uh, the empowering part of this process, it has to come from them. The moment it is, they feel it's a session that you are mandating and, and, and you're trying to enforce, uh, it does not become as powerful, right? Um, so again, I, I think when I started um, with some of these individual meetings, again, about four or five years ago, I was with two, three kids. Uh, just uh, um, starting implementing some of these skills and, uh, and honestly I sometimes I didn't even know where I was going with some of these questions right I was just trying to implement them but it, it's all about practice. Um, I'll tell you this like I I um, the, the power sorry the empowering questions uh, to me is an amazing tool to use it's really what you use um, to 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 help them to challenge them right and there is if you go Google if, if you write empowering questions you're gonna have to be a list of hundreds and hundreds of amazing questions and what i did is i print them i print a few out and i would just read four or five questions and i would practice them every time i had an opportunity with my athletes or even sometimes in social gatherings you know and sometimes it, it worked sometimes it didn't work but but you start practicing these questions, and you start finding if you you start getting better and you you actually uh, start getting uh you know to a path when you're when you are
6: uh, with an athlete
0: on this session so awesome thank you Big question uh randy or, or Nacho or anybody else um now have you like most of the college teams and probably many many teams not college teams they have high school teams they have captains have you tried to educate the captains of with some of these skills to try to, when they have their own meetings, make sure, because, you know, I had to educate some of our captains because some of them are very aggressive and they're like, well, the coach at this and we have to do this and you have to teach them how to talk to the kids, you know. I don't use life skills, like like you say, because I don't know them. I haven't been certified, but I, you try to empower them, teach them how to empower the kids to have ownership. Do you guys do, use those skills with your captains in the team?
5: Um We do training with our captains, but I kind of just had an aha moment (laughs) as you said that. I think that we can go even deeper with them, and as far as teaching them how to communicate and do some of the things. But we do we do a lot of leadership training with the captains, like we actually do it now throughout the summer, preparing for the next year. You know, because we know that they don't just have leadership skills; we have to develop them. But I think what you just brought up is a is a really good idea. Taking it even a little bit further with some of these skills, so they can you know, communicate better with their teammates.
0: Thanks.
1: Anybody else guys has any questions for Nacha? and Randy? Or oh, anybody?
2: Somebody um somebody in the chat asked um how do you how, uh, how do you approach life coaching during training, right? And that's a actually very interesting question. Um again, it what the analogy I made earlier um, about the two hats—that's uh, that, probably, I would say, one of the biggest struggles, right? When you, how do you know when you're life coaching, when you're swim coaching, and, and make sure to differentiate that, and and also communicate that with the athletes, right? Because you don't want to interchange those, and, and there is confusion, right? And when we're in a meet, saying that we're, we're at practice, you know, we're we're swim coaches, right? Again, we're, we're giving them corrections, we're giving our opinions, we're telling them what to do. Uh, but I will tell you this: like after um, after me after competitions, I I do put my life coach um, hat. You know, instead of telling them all the time, "Well, you're doing this, this, and this is wrong," uh, I will ask them uh, empowering you know empowering questions like, uh, "Well, what do you think about that? Okay, how did you feel in the block? How did you you know?" And and I get them to challenge themselves. Sometimes I get good answers. Sometimes I don't. Uh, but yes, I try to find every opportunity I have uh to 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 challenge them in, in with those questions. Um, so.
1: anybody else
0: guys? I
6: have another one. Um with the team you said after meets they um kind of they try to hold you guys accountable for asking um what each Athlete did well in that meet. Um, can you elaborate on that a little bit, and maybe talk about any ex- like team exercises that you do to um, use the skills that you're teaching them?
5: Okay. Well, first of all, you know, it's what we do is after every meet is we don't acknowledge like everything the girls did right or everything everybody on the team. Uh, you know, they acknowledge each other. So we just bring it into a huddle, usually in the pool, and you know, each one of them will you know shout out their teammates and acknowledge people for not just great swims or if somebody did something as a teammate or something you know as well but again that's practiced as well in all of our team meetings which we do every week every friday afternoon um you know is acknowledging each other and, and giving acknowledgments as well to kind of set that up and it becomes a little bit more fluid but uh
2: you know nacho if you want
5: to elaborate on that at all
2: yeah no that's that's uh that's about right no we 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 do all this acknowledging after the meet um and then again on I mean, individual basis i i might get one or two athletes and and or whoever i feel like i i sing observe and again i try to go into personal growth right not just like well not just like what did you do wrong about this specific turn or something which i do as well as a swim coach but um, you know, I, I try to observe different behaviors that they have during a meet, right? Uh, like whether they were too nervous or they were not present in the meet or they were wondering or they were, um, you know, they were just not, they didn't have, uh, an energy, right? And I, and I challenge them about that to make that awareness, um, and, and have them really dig into it. And, and I really emphasize there is no right or wrong answer. It's just to bring awareness okay because if, again if they have control over their emotions if they have control um you know and understand how they're reacting uh to different situations again they will have we're we're bringing them in power- uh, giving them the power to choose now what how they wanna what they wanna be or who they wanna become and what what emotion they wanna bring to the, each situation so um that's really it. it's not like I have a specific activity that I do, it's more on a one-on-one base. And, and again, I, I try to fill it out uh, depending who the athlete and, and what I observe during meet.
1: Awesome, thank you.
0: Anybody else has anything to share that can help us all with about all this?
3: I wanted to ask uh, something to
0: Lionel, Serge. How are you doing, Lionel?
7: Not bad, how about you?
3: Doing okay. I just got a quick question. Um, you swim under probably one of the best, if not the best team, uh, most dominant one of the most dominating teams at Auburn in the late '90s, early 2000s. Uh, what's something that you carry with you from from the coaches that you had there that that you kind of implement nowadays? Like, you know, something that when you were a swimmer, like they said it to you and it clicked, and and you kind of use it uh, to you, to your kids nowadays. Uh,
7: thanks for uh... The question, uh, thanks, Sergio, for that, uh, meet. It's pretty nice. Um, uh, just like Sergio said, Sergio doesn't do life coaching, never trained for it. Uh, David Marsh didn't do life coaching, never trained for it. But some, for some people, it's very natural, you know? And, um, just like also Ignacio said, it's like every, the thing that i that I take home, uh, it's like every athlete is different. You know, you some for some athletes you have to, you know, yell. You know, um, like Randy said, you know, or John maybe said. Uh, some athletes yeah, they want you to, you know, uh, tell them what to do all the time. And if you try to tell them to be autonomous, they won't be able to do it. Um, so that's what I that's what I took from uh, David and Auburn and Eddie every other coaches that were there is. Um, they were not treating everyone all the same you know and they were making difference you know, making difference about you know uh, like we talked about earlier u.s athlete versus international you can treat the same way about you know a french guy that come from the south of france and doesn't speak english and ends up in alabama you know it's very different for him than a guy coming from georgia for example um and try to learn from them as they grow you know and that's that's what I take home, uh, the biggest thing uh, that I take home. Thanks. Awesome. Thank you. Hey,
6: S- Serge and Albert and also Lionel. If I might jump in real quick, um, I think it's very important to note here, and, and Lionel is very uh, humble in this sense, and this is why he's uh, not only the godfather of one of my kids, but one of my best friends, one of my brothers. Lionel was a team captain for the 1999 team, um, Probably one of the most dominant teams that we had back in Auburn, you know, way back then. But, uh, you know, the, the important thing about David, and I think he still does it to these days, he's a mastermind of surrounding himself with people that are very key, very unique. But also, in picking uh, the, the team captains, you know, Lionel being one of them. He, um, he will, I mean, we, we will all select, you know, one person that it will be the connection between, um, you know, the team and the coaches. And then there'll be another person that it will be basically kind of like in between, you know, relying the message and whatnot, not necessarily a good cop, bad cop, kind of a, kind of a concept, but Lionel was, um, basically the hammer, you know, the person that you knew that when he spoke, he meant business, uh, didn't really say a whole lot. I'll tell you that. But when he spoke, you know, people will basically just lined up and listen to him and he knew how to rely the message. He knew how to be assertive and, and definitely, uh, specific about whatever team goal or achievement or dual meet goal whatever the case was um he was very effective in that sense so i think uh you know just back right in a little bit into what he's saying but uh very unique very unique and a huge leader you know born leader by himself so i just wanted to bring that up real quick
3: thanks rosie thanks
6: baby
1: uh, anybody else has uh uh, here, there's a question for Carlos Mejia.
0: Uh, what advice, from a life coaching perspective, what advice will you provide to the athletes about getting back to their water soon? Some of them feel desperate.
1: Do you understand the question, Nacho? Look at the chat.
7: We uh, he, he cannot hear you. Yeah, sorry. I, I'm just in the background with some of my kids doing homework so they not want to have all the audio. But, um, yeah, my question was, I don't know if it was covered or not, but some of the athletes feeling like they're stroking no well, they want to get back in the water. Like right now, currently in, a, in, in my seat is not – they haven't released some of the facilities out, so they cannot get back in the water. But that life coach – Experience that you have. How would you deal with that mental aspect of getting back in, staying positive, and all that?
2: Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for the question, Carlos. So, um, no. As a matter of fact, I think again we we have a saying in you know, in the life coaching uh, world that it says that there, in life there is no uh, problems nor challenges, only opportunities. Right. So yes, we're living in a in a moment that is very unique and. And, you know, our athletes, same as us coaches, they struggle, right? Because uh, a lot of them have goals and and they feel like now they, you know, this time is uh, stopping them or holding them back from, you know, achieving what they want to achieve. So um, I think it's it's an amazing opportunity right now to work on this some of this personal growth uh, that we've been talking about here. And as a matter of fact, I, you know, I use this time again for to challenge my our athletes to you know um let's retouch some of those goals they have and again there's not it's not all the goals when i say goals it's not all about well making my time drop three seconds right uh, it's more about goals for okay well um i i i now that i that i'm aware of um uh, that i have a bad attitude uh during morning practices uh you know and and uh, they realize that they hold them back from from having a solid uh practice um, what are they going to do about it? You know, and, and, and I go back to this goal setting, uh, where I, I encourage them to start writing things down, all these steps. Um, okay. What is, what is having a bad attitude mean? How, how are you going to approach it? Um, how are you going to be aware of it when it comes to you? What are you going to do about it? You know, I start elaborating on all, with all these questions and just write things down and they can practice this. During this uh, period of time right uh, at home uh, just you know in different situations uh, you know that the, they have breath and just find opportunities to, to better themselves uh, in, in some of these aspects right uh, I, I think there is a lot uh, of things that they can come on and then you hear everybody agree with me that a lot of the times or for the most part what holds back are athletes of getting better it's not necessarily well i need to practice uh harder right yes that's like the generic but there is a lot of things inside that they are not aware of and um i think just out uh allowing this opportunity to, to bring awareness of that you know I, I always tell our athletes that uh you know for college they come here for four years and i always tell them you know hopefully. Uh, you know, the idea is that you get to your true potential, but you might not in four years, right? And and that's okay. But the idea is how can you get close to it, you know? And there is always that window of opportunity to challenge, to find out what else is there uh, in them that they're not aware of yet. Um, so, I, and I don't know if I'm answering your your, your question fully, uh, but hopefully I'm giving you some keys here to, for things that you can, you know, work or or try with some individual, uh, in an individual basis. Somebody else wants
0: Definitely to jump in. On this. Thank you, hey, Carlos. Uh, I'll t- uh, I cannot tell you about life coaching because I, I don't have a certification. And uh, no, but it's okay. It's true, you know. But I think I think the bottom line with all this, whatever skills you have, if you start training next week, the most important thing people are gonna, the coaches are gonna jump into training and this and we'll miss time in the pool and we gotta get back and we gotta we've lost hundred thousand k whatever the heck it is you know um i think if the kids if you can have meetings with the kids starting and whenever you can meet with them and they can see that you're confident that they're gonna swim fast whenever it's time, and you progress through everything giving them good answers and allowing them to answer things you know what's the rush, what it is, whatever it is. But as long as they see you calm and they see you confident, uh, that's contagious and the kids are going to be fine. You know, we are so worried about like, and, and and I can see it. I only have one meeting with the kids a week and the more every week that has been going on, uh, passing passing through, you can see the faces of the kids they're more sad, some of them, because they've been for eight or nine weeks at home. But if they see us confident and they see us uh, we're gonna get through these and there's a plan. I don't have to tell you the plan, even though you don't have a plan yet because nobody has a plan. But as long as they know and they feel that you are with them and that they're gonna be okay, they will be fine. Once you get together, you know? Uh awesome. I, I really I really believe in that. I think there's no it's a simple it's a simple process. Yeah,
2: and, and I wanna Yeah, so again, I wanna add one more thing. Um I, I, I did the certification, but I agree. I don't think you need to be certified to to use all these skills. I did it, you know, in my the time when I thought about it, I I thought I I would benefit from it. But uh, honestly, everyone that I was doing the certification with me, their 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 mind was set on opening a business on life coaching, right? Which I'm not planning on doing right now. But but uh, but I think life coaching skills here. Uh, first of all, a lot of it is even a common sense, right? If you really, you know, dig into it. But you can live, uh, you can find life coaching skills just reading some books and, and there is all kinds of information online. And again, the main thing is practice them. Okay. Um, like I said, the, the empowering questions. That's, that's just practice, practice, and practice. And you get better with it. And, and, you know, that that's, you don't need a, a whole certification to, to, to do that. She just wanted to say that too.
1: Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Anybody else has any other question? No. Nope. Uh,
0: awesome. We've been. It's an hour and a half already for this, and I think uh, we'll we'll finish here. Uh, If you guys have anything that you want to talk for next week or somebody really wants to present something I think I send you some other topics that we can talk next week. Just let me know. I think what's important is that we do this, we chat and we share stuff. It doesn't matter who says anything, you know, as long as, you know, you really share what you do. Because uh, I think that's the important thing. And I know more and more, The pools are opening and and people are going to start having normal lives, we think. So you might not be able to come to these groups or other groups, but don't stop. When all this happens and we become normal, uh, don't stop having conversations with other coaches. Because that's how we learn. That's how we get better. It's not about the magic pill because there is no magic pill. Sometimes there's a magic bottle that can help you, but there is not a magic pill so we can, you know, we can keep sharing stuff. That would be awesome, All right. So thank you, very, everybody, for everything. And we'll see you hopefully next week, right. Thanks, Thanks, And Thanks, Eric. Thanks, Nacho. Nacho. Nacho and yeah, yeah. Randy, thank you very much for your time. You, You're Nacho, you're three talks, three so you, you're a champ. <laughs>
2: right. Well, thank you. Thank you again for the opportunity. My, my pleasure, and I'm looking forward to, to the next meeting.
3: Thank you all for
2: uh, the questions as well and the conversation. Yeah. Uh, take it easy.
1: Bye-bye. Thank you.
2: Thank you bye bye. Thank
1: you. Bye. Bye.